Hey there, thank you so much for listening to the Big Time Talker Podcast. We're on the Blog Talk Radio Network, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Burke Allen, live in Washington, D.C. Thank you to SpeakerMatch.com, our sponsor of the show and the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you're a meeting planner or you're a platform speaker, get together and meet one another at SpeakerMatch.com. There's lots of talk in the media about brands, personal brands, business brands. And so we thought we would uh, talk to somebody that knows brands like none other. Suzanne Tulane is a uh, personal brand clarity guru, if you will. She knows everything there is to know about brands. And the book is Personal Brand Clarity. So would you call yourself a, a brand clarity expert? Is that a little too hoity-toity or are we hitting it right on the bat? You're hitting it on the bat, and I'm proud of it because I'm so excited and passionate about this topic, Berg. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You're welcome. What what got you interested in, in brands? Well, you know, I was in the, the field of marketing and communications, PR for a long time, graphic design even. And I realized, um, you know, when I left corporate America, I started my own design. And I had done all kinds of marketing trainings, workshops, those types of things for companies. But when I realized that um, in my design firm, that all I was actually doing, I call it a BFO, a blinding flash of the obvious. All I was actually doing for my clients in designing a corporate identity was just putting lipstick on the pig, so to speak, believe it or not. And, and the reason why I say that is because these clients did not really understand who they were as a brand. And I, they hired me to come up with a visual brand, which are, you know, the visual graphic, the logo to um, represent their brand, but yet they did not know what their brand was. So that's kind of a a lead into helping me um, identify the the definition for your audiences of what a brand is and what it isn't. (laughs) Because and you've written a couple of books about this. You've been at it for a minute. So Brand DNA came out, yeah. what, 10 years ago. Right. And the, the latest is, is Personal Brand Clarity. One of the brands that is constantly in the news, and as a matter of fact, I read an article about it just last night, is the Trump brand. And whether the Trump brand has really taken a big hit because of politics, and there was a lot of armchair quarterbacking about that brand before Donald Trump ever ran for president, and, and whether that would hurt or enhance uh, his brand, both you know the Trump organization and his personal brand. So uh, you you don't have to reveal your political leanings if you choose not to. But but what uh, what did the presidency do to that brand? Wow, that's an interesting opening question. I would uh, so so when it comes to personal brands, good, bad, or indifferent, everyone already has a brand. Because a brand is just a perception, really. It's a set of perceptions that lives in the minds of the brand itself, that person itself, hopefully, and then ultimately in the minds of its audiences. So what we think about ourselves and how we show up is indicative of the perceptions that others take on and think about us, right? So good, bad, or indifferent. So you're still a brand, whether you're good, bad, or indifferent. And goodness and badness doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're a good person or a bad person. In terms of brand, it means whether you're consistent at walking your talk or not. If you're 
if you're inconsistent, you're a, not a very good brand in terms of the brand in showing up and walking your talk because people have certain expectations and perceptions of you. And if they change all the time, then they cannot trust you. So good brands are really good at being consistent. And when you can build consistencies, you build trust, right? Then you build history and then you build belief systems and rituals and those types of things. So that's in terms of a brand, that's what makes a brand good. Not whether or not you're good, a good person or not. Does that make sense, Burke? It does. It's consistency. And so with the example of the president, uh-huh. I'm sure there are, uh, you know, two camps there. Uh, that are very well defined. Some people love that brand and some people are repulsed by that brand. Exactly. Exactly. And our, it, he, he, I think he's very good at consistently being him. <laughs> right. Being Trump. Right. You, you know what you're going to get with Donald J. Trump. Yes, you do. And then those perceptions about what you think you're getting or what you believe you're getting are, are what we we can formulate as what we say is is a good person or a bad person. How was that for a topic? <laughs> I like that, that you dance, and you dance very well. <laughs> Suzanne Tulane <laughs> is our guest today. She is a brand clarity expert joining us from Colorado, and uh, her latest book is Personal Brand Clarity. She teaches uh, individuals and, and businesses to some extent uh, yeah. about branding. Um Business versus personal brand. Does does every individual really need a brand? Well, like I said before, we already have one. So you've got... Whether you need it or not, yeah, you've got you, one. You already have it because people are perceiving you already. From the day you were born, your parents started perceiving your personality, right? How you were showing up on a regular basis. Of course, you know, you can always talk about the nature versus nurture and that sort of thing. And that's not really what we're talking about, but... I want everyone to understand that they good, bad, or indifferent, you already have a brand. It, the question is, is are you in control of it? And you're, you're not in control of it if you're not clear as to what you want that to be. And that being as authentic as possible, right, is, is the truth of, you know, that authentic brand. But um, it's important for us to realize that we all are, our actions and behaviors are, creating perceptions out there from day one. How is this different? Uh, and by the way, if you're just joining us on the Big Time Talker podcast, Suzanne Tulin is our brand clarity expert. How is this different than uh, when you're a young person and you enter the workforce and people give you advice, you know, to dress for the job you want, not the job you have, and, and people judge you by the words you use? How is branding different than just putting your best foot forward? It's really not that different. And and it only is when you're more conscious, strategic, and deliberate in doing it. So you if you haven't, if you haven't really thought about everything that I do, all the actions I take and how I speak really affects the perceptions others have of me. If you haven't thought about that, and then all of a sudden you start thinking about that, you want you start wondering and hearing yourself talk and realizing why certain things are happening in your life because you're either pushing people away or attracting people and certain people, right? So when, when you have to dress the part, it, it means that you want to step into the potential of taking on whatever it is you're wanting for with that job. And if hopefully it's authentic to who you want to become 
it's the skill sets and the and areas of, of you know what you can offer match or are in alignment with who you are then that's so appropriate because you're opening your eyes to something that's really true to who you are and what you want to become but if it's something that you feel like is um, you know, you have a weird feeling in your gut. It's not truly who you are. It's pushing the envelope to a point of very much discomfort. It's not aligned with your core values. Then that's not the, the best thing for you to be doing. Does that answer your question, Burr? It does. It does. Suzanne Tulin, our guest today, we're getting into the, the nitty gritty on personal brands. Uh, she's written a book about it called Personal Brand Clarity, and you can find her online at Brand Ascension. Dot com. That's brandascension.com. So let's let's talk about the specifics. It, let's say you do want to alter or upgrade your brand, let's say, because as you say, everybody's uh, is born with a brand or, or you develop a brand, but you want to you want to alter it a little bit. How much can you change your brand and what what are a couple of steps you should take towards doing that? Okay, so if I'm just going to back up real quick and say you market a brand. So if you haven't identified and defined what you're out there marketing, then I don't know what you're out there marketing. So the dilemma could be if you want to change your brand, that you're recognizing that you're being mis misrepresented in some way or people are misunderstanding you in some way. So you want to refine and hone in on what it is you want others to think of you. And again, Burke, it has to be at a level that's authentic because you cannot sustain inauthenticity for too long without getting yourself into a lot of trouble. So when people want to change their brand, I hear that they want to hone in and clarify what their superpowers are how they can go out about and leverage it, how they can make their own brand more tangible and better understood to the greater population or what I call your audiences out there. So it's not so much about uh, changing yourself wholesale. It's more about, uh, what's the old song? Accentuate the positive, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, identifying and defining it first and then really beginning to align to it. Those are the three stages of this process. And, you know, the subhead of my book is identify, define, and align to what you want to be known for. And again, this is something that's not outside of who you really are. It's not trying to be, you know, a, an act like a celebrity. It's really about honing who you really are and bringing those attributes and characteristics up front and center, highly conscious, strategic, and very deliberate so that your vernacular changes, your actions and behaviors are aligned with it, and you visually show up that way, whether it's your dress or if you're on video or on social media, those types of things, it all comes together, but you have to get clear on it. And that's, the, I think, the missing piece most people skip over. Suzanne Tulin is our guest. She is a branding expert about getting clarity on your brand. And so I want to bring it back uh, again and ask the question a different way. You know, why? Why do you really care what your brand is? You know, I'm I'm sure there's, there's someone listening right now. Maybe he's a uh, you know a truck driver in Broken Balls, Montana, and he says, "I don't need a brand. I'm a truck driver in Broken Balls, Montana. This is this is all silliness. 
do, do you really need a brand? Does everyone really need to work on their brand? Well, it, think of it as your personality, right? Because when I work with people on branding, it's not necessarily just, it, it, can, it can never just be their business. Everything in the world changes because this is about who they are as a person. And when we get clear on what we stand for, I call it your brand value proposition, when we get crystal clear on what that is, it becomes top of mind for us. And we're literally then discerning differently in our lives to have a relationship with someone or not, to go to uh, an event or not, to choose to um, take on a job, a specific job, or hire um, hire somebody or even a, uh, take on a client or not. Do they fit my core value construct? Or do they fit my brand style attributes? You know, all of those different things. So relationships are huge in understanding your own brand and being able to deepen those relationships by leveraging um, who you are and knowing who you are and being more confident and showing up that way, more vulnerable and more powerful in your stance. So it helps everything in your in your world, not just your work. You know, I may be hypersensitive to this because I, I live near Washington, D.C., and I'm in and around all of that. And 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 even in the wintertime, there's no shortage of hot air blowing from the Capitol. <laughs> um, but, but I wonder if, if you have picked up on something that seems to have really increased uh, in the last couple of years where a person's politics, no matter where they are in the country, where they are in the world, a person's politics has become a core part of, of their their public brand and have you noticed that and is that a good thing or a bad thing yeah i think it's because that those topics are very front and center in the world um these days that it's hard to avoid it's just out the energy is out there and i i think that um it's it's just really important to own what you believe and I find that this is my personal perspective, but I find when people are getting themselves in huge arguments over politics, then it's only because they're fearful as to what it is they actually believe or not sure what they really believe. And they're trying to get affirmation from others around them. You'll find that people who are confident, so confident in what they know to be true to them, really don't need to talk about politics very much. They really don't have to even step into that environment because they're so sure. And they don't necessarily need to be an evangelist or they don't need to convince anybody or anything like that. So that's just my personal perspective, that the more confident you are in what you know to be true about what you believe, then uh, the less you really have to argue around it. You know, it's funny you say that because, again, being based here in D.C., I can't tell you how many times people have come to me, even people that are that are my employees, and they'll say, I, I have no idea what, what your politics are. I've, yeah. you know, I've known you for 20 years. I have no idea what it is. And, and I just tell them, Suzanne, that it, that at Allen Media Strategies, we're not part of the red party or the blue party. We're part of the green party. If clients have green and they want to spend it with us, we'll find a way to make it work. Um, and I think that, I, that in many ways, that's advantageous. It, so, it really is. Uh, it shows a lot of strength and a lot of power that you have That uh, based on what I just said. And what I also like to say is that until we come to a day, I don't know if I'll ever see it in my lifetime, 
that we don't label each other as a Democrat or Republican, and we don't talk in that way, that we talk about us as Americans, that until that happens, we're, we're never going to not be divided. Can you, um, can you or should you, in terms of changing your brand, um, try to do that outside uh, sort of what happens in your life? And I'll give you an example. Um, you know, for many years, I think my brand was completely tied up in being a broadcaster. I, you know, I was an on-air talent, and then I was a program director and a, a radio station owner and a broadcast consultant and did lots of TV and radio. And you kind of come from that world, too. And then 20 years ago, I started Allen Media Strategies, where we incorporated other things in media and marketing and public relations along with that and, and artist management. So my brand naturally shifted. Can, can you force that a little bit? Can you pour a little gasoline on that fire? Or is brand personal brand evolution something that just happens naturally? Well, let, let me explain my thoughts on just the what you're explaining as changing of your brand. Um, I, I see personal brands as not ever being about what you do, but rather who you are in the doing of what you do. So it's never, it's never the mechanical um, aspects of the actions that you're doing as a, you know, like your profession as a, a broadcaster versus PR versus anything else that you choose to do, but who you are in those positions and how I know Burke in that position is what I believe your brand is. It's, it's never the actual um, profession that you're in. So when you change, you're only evolving and growing because you're learning new things about you, your life, the world, uh, your profession, your skill set. But it's still you and the characteristics of Burke who shines through that and shows up in all of those different areas. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. So you say it's more who you are than what you do. Yeah. And, and I would ask you when you look at uh, at well-known individuals, if that still plays out, is is Dennis Rodman really is it who he is versus what he does, or Kanye West, or Kim Kardashian, or any of those people? Yeah, you know, you, you'll find that a lot of these celebrities, okay, they go out, they branch out into different products, they start start different lines outside of of what they do as a profession, whether they're a basketball player or a rock star or a golfer, right? Some of them have additional lines of, of equipment, of perfume, of shoes. And so when you know the brand, you know, the, the, like the Lady Gaga brand, right? She has a perfume line or she had a perfume line. She, you, you're not buying her because she's a rock star. You're really buying her because you love her as a person. You appreciate what she offers, her core values are similar to yours, or there's some resonation there that happens that gives you trust to buy that product that has nothing to do with what she originally established as what you might call her brand, right? But you got to know her, you trust her, and you believe in those products. So that's why it's so powerful for these celebrities to branch off into other product lines and sell them so easily. Because it's not what they do, it's who they are. And what about the celebrity that that you know, makes it big in, in one thing and they struggle doing other things? 
Kevin Costner comes to mind, you know, very well known as an actor, as also a you know, solid musician and has a band and has toured with that band. Dennis Quaid is another one, an actor who, you know, goes out and plays music. Um, they're never going to be known for their music nearly as much as they're going to be known for their acting. Are are they stuck uh, in that brand and unable to really throw out those extra cards? No, because they still are who they are. I mean, they're they're their character is still shining through their, their attributes are still shining through anything they choose to do out there. They just may not be an expert at doing it or maybe not that good. And again, brands are good, bad and indifferent in terms of you can't judge them on whether they're a good, whether they're an expert at what they do in the profession versus how consistent they are showing up. In, in your perception matching what you think you know about them. So that's, again, where you build trust. And that's just one of the three most powerful um, characteristics of a successful brand is being consistent. And then the other one is authentic and the other one is distinctive. So in and of themselves, if they're trying other things, there's still them stepping into those roles and being them. They don't have to be experts at it to be a good brand, right? <laughs> Again, that's it's not what you're doing. It's who you are being with whatever you are doing. Fair enough. Suzanne Tulin is our brand clarity expert, and we're talking all things brand. If you want to find out more, visit her at brandascension.com. And she uh, she does take on the occasional ne'er-do-well like myself who may have a muddy brand and tries to just straighten them up a little bit. Um you, you keep circling back to, to sort of who you are and, and those three core tenets of, of being consistent, authentic, distinctive. I wonder how much the visual aspect, though, still plays. How important is that still? And, and I'll, I'll throw out a couple of examples, and I wonder if, if you know, things change culturally uh, as time goes on. You know, there was a time not too long ago where having tattoos was, uh, was a bad thing if you wanted to be in the corporate world. And if you were a lady having tattoos, had a lot of tattoos, or one tattoo, a tiny tattoo that you could see, it was an issue. And now I see very successful ladies with a full sleeve down their left arm in in the corporate world. Is the visual piece of it all um, uh, still something you've got to be really conscious uh, of in terms of of setting up that brand? I think you always have to be conscious of your visuals because your visuals are also a memorable representation, a graphic representation of what the experience was for that person. So the, the person's audience, right? So I'm going to remember, let's say that woman that I might've been shocked to see this sleeve of tattoos and she's in corporate America and, it, and I'm, I'm messing with my, my brain is telling me, you know, this is incongruent or based on my belief system or what I think should be is incongruent with what I see. But then when I meet her and I see how powerful she is, how um, expert she is at what she does, and, and I get impressed in a certain way, then that just tells me um, that she has power and ownership over who she is and she doesn't fear anyone else, or what I call the peanut gallery, second guessing who she is as a person. And again, she's showing up a certain way because she, she, made choices and choose chooses to you know have it that way i'm just enlightening uh, kind of the story around what your example was but again 
I also teach my clients a lot about, you know, shutting down the peanut gallery right now until we can get really authentic with who you are and who you know yourself to be. Because we have become, as a society, in my opinion, so externally impacted by what's going on around us. You know, we're trying to just be liked by everyone. We're trying to be um, influenced. We're not even trying. We're just influenced by what's happening around us versus being internally driven. And until we can become more internally driven, we are going to continue to not know who we truly are because we're never looking back and reflecting on that because we're always responding and reacting what's happening around us. And I think that is the, the basis for this book. And the reason why I wrote this book is because I want us to get all back in touch with who we are so that we can strengthen our resolve, strengthen what we believe to be true. And, um, you know, just be, stronger in in who we know ourselves to be so we can live our potential you know those that, that three-legged stool if you will that you talked about in in developing a brand being consistent being authentic and being distinctive yes. when when i work with celebrities and we have a lot of celebrity clients that distinctive piece is is really powerful because it does help you stand out it helps you be memorable so that you're not you know one of many you have to be both unique <laughs> And compelling, right? So yes. um, I have a, a, a client, Suzanne, who won the television show America's Got Talent. And uh, his name is Landau Eugene Murphy Jr. And he has this very distinct uh, uh, situation where he sings the great American songbook. He sings Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and that sort of thing incredibly well. And I mean incredibly well. But what makes him distinctive is he is a tall African-American guy with dreadlocks who sings that music. And when he meets people in person, if I've heard him say once, I've heard him say it a thousand times, thank you for letting me be who I am. Um, You know, because as a kid, he said, look, you know, on the, on the playground playing basketball in the mean streets of Detroit, people would make fun of me for, for singing Sinatra stuff. And now they're, they're not doing that. He gets to be who he is, but he is also very consistent in, in his look and his appearance. When he does go out and do these concerts and performing arts centers, he always dresses very well. He dresses in a suit and a tie uh, because he's singing that kind of music and he sings it authentically well with, with a big band behind him, you know, a 17 piece orchestra, the way those songs should be set. Now that's, that's an extreme example, but I think even in, if you're a local business owner, you need to be distinctive and have something that will make people remember you. So how important is the distinctive leg of that three-legged stool in your opinion? Again, they, all three of those pieces work together to really create a world-class brand. And when companies really take a deep dive inward and, and flush out their core values, their brand style attributes, which is kind of the collective personality of the organization – and they are authentic in how they show up, meaning that this is really who they are. It's easy for them to be this way. When they do the work and flesh out all those um, pieces of the brand DNA process, then they automatically or organically become distinctive because everyone, every, every entity has a unique personality and style. And when you focus on what that is and you deliver on it consistently and you, you infuse it into your systems and processes, 
into your leadership, into your vernacular, your communication with your culture, all of those things, you take the time to do that, then there is an essence, an energy, and a flow that your customers feel and experience that's like no other, that that's how you create your distinction. It doesn't have to be a song and dance. It doesn't have to be a gimmick. It doesn't have to be all that other stuff. In fact, we are consumers are smart, right? We can see right through that kind of stuff and it becomes inauthentic to us. But when you do the work like a Starbucks, right? You train your people, you get them to enlist, equip, and engage them into what they truly believe in and what the brand stands for. And they deliver on that every single day. That's what makes it so powerful. Suzanne Tuline, our guest today, we're talking about brands. And, and you mentioned Starbucks. Another brand uh, that I think does that very, very well is, is Chick-fil-A. Every time, right. and I don't go to Chick-fil-A often, but every time I want to like hire every kid that I meet that works in Chick-fil-A and bring them into my company because they all know how to do customer service so incredibly well. Well, do you know that if you're, they're all about leadership? Their, one of their core values is leadership, and they actually have a camp that they created, a foundation, and they teach young kids leadership skills, and that's part of their training at the internal level. So you can see that. It's profound when you experience even just the, the five minutes you might experience them. It's profound how it's embedded in their actions and behaviors, and that's distinctive. Well, and to your point, if you're a small business owner – how can you, uh, you know, efficiently extend the brand you want to your employees? Are there a couple of steps when, when you work with a small business where you, you can teach them how to do that? Oh, absolutely. It's, it, first of all, you have to identify. Then you have to define what, what you've identified as your core attributes of the brand. And then the alignment process is making that brand tangible from the inside out first. It has to be done first because we need to walk our talk before we can promise that we're delivering on that promise and before we send it out there in marketing messaging because we could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars marketing our brand out there and then when the customer comes and we don't deliver, they tell 10 to 12 other people, right? And it blows up. So it, the first steps is really to get to that core foundation and identify and define the the business brand or the personal brand presence and DNA and then align to it. And there's so many fabulous ways to do that from scripting to um, customer service, you know, frontline areas, uh, HR, creating um, all kinds of experiential activities and the way we teach, we talk to our actual employees and, you know, internal newsletters and things like that. There's, there's just so much I could go on and on and on. I have a good friend, Suzanne, who uh, for over 20 years was the production manager for a very famous country singer. I, I grew up in West Virginia, and these guys and I knew each other from back in the day. They were from eastern Kentucky, and I can hear in my mind's eye my friend John Griffiths, who who owns that huge production company and did all this work for Billy Ray Cyrus and all these other country artists. And, and he has said to me many times, he says uh, in his eastern Kentucky accent, he says, uh, Burke, you know that that one all shit negates ten attaboys, <laughs> and 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 that always sticks with me, and and that lends itself to what happens when you violate your personal brand 
How do you get it back or can you get it back? Oh, you can absolutely get it back, but you have to be really conscious, strategic and deliberate at getting it back. First of all, you have to be super transparent and realize that you fell off the wagon, so to speak, or you became misaligned in your belief system or your value structure and you did a behavior, an action or you said something that was, you know, off key and you have to just own it. And then you you make you start walking the talk again and showing up very consistently in alignment and people will begin to trust you again. You know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. There's been some doozies out there with some celebs, you know, what we thought we knew to be true about some celebrity. And then we hear the next day that they've done this and it's shocking. It's just shocking. It blows us away, but it takes time to earn that trust back. And that's why it's so important to be more conscious, strategic, and deliberate with what you stand for in your value position and, and really review it on a daily basis and think about you know, how you can live it out. And, and that's how you live your potential. I think that, that whether you're in the public eye or not, that makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, you know, several weeks ago, there was the, the whole uh, rip on the, the senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, when you know, his state was going through the, the big weather crisis. And he jetted off to Cancun with his family and got called out on it. That's a, a personal branding faux pas for that guy who, uh, you know, was pretty much ripped apart by Republicans yeah. and Democrats for, for bailing out. Um, but along those same lines, if your personal brand, let's say you're a, a small town, small business person, and your personal brand is that, you know, you're a God-fearing, church-going guy, um, but then you tend to head out to the bar on Friday and Saturday night, and, and, you know, people in your town don't buy into the brand of the, uh, the God-fearing church-going guy, you're really doing yourself a big disservice. So should, should we try to downplay some of those, those moralistic tendencies when, when we put our brand out there, if you put your brand out there at all? Well, it's out there. Just, just know that. <laughs> I mean, just being a brand doesn't mean you're in the limelight, right? You know, you can be uh, very much solitude and still have a brand if you're impacting other people, if you have any kind of a relationship with other people. But to get to to your point, there's something that um, I talk a lot about in the book. It's called cognitive dissonance versus cognitive resonance. And when we are out of alignment or our actions and behaviors are seeming out of alignment, perceived by others as out of alignment, then it creates the dissonance. And the dissonance really... Um, dissipates trust. And so we're losing that, um, that ability to have any power, any influence, or any, um, any relationship around trust because of that. And so we have to get back into the resonance piece. And how do I create more resonance with what I believe is my brand? And if I'm you know, you, you, you labeled God-fearing and church-going person, does that mean that they can't go out and have a beer? I mean, when you define your own brand to your own standards and you live that, that's all that matters. It really is. It's your life. It's how you want to show up. And then you have to live with how others perceive you. But if you live consistently with what you know to be true about who you are, then you, you know, no brand is universal. So you're never going to please everybody. And if you try, you're going to drive yourself crazy. And it's, it's never a happy life trying to please everybody. But 
getting into that space of knowing what's true for you and living that, that's where your power comes from. I like this. I like what you say. This makes me feel better. Oh, All good. Right. Suzanne <laughs> Tulane is our guest today, the brand clarity expert. Brandascension.com is the website. She's written books about it. She knows her stuff. Uh, just a couple more questions before we let you jump. I noticed that uh, as I check you out on, on the website, you, you're a blonde lady. And there are certain physical characteristics that we may have, whether it's your hair color, maybe it's your weight, maybe it's, you know, you wear glasses that, that people subconsciously may judge you by those <laughs> things. So, uh, oh, she laughs. So apparently you've got experience in this. Yeah. Have care. people judged you for your brand because of your hair color, for example? Uh, I don't know if they have, and if they ha- I'm sure they have actually, but I don't care. I mean, I'm so okay with what I look like and I love who I am and I'm so okay with that. You know, that's, that's what I was talking about, about being so externally impacted. It, too many of us are so externally impacted. We're no longer internally driven and that's a shame. And that's what this book is really all about, helping the, the population, you know, whether you're a solopreneur, a leader, emerging leader, a sales rep or whatever, you have a brand and, and you um, taking control of that brand um, gives you a lot of power and liberation and just makes you happier yet. You almost end up falling back in love with who you are by knowing who you are at a deeper level. Have you ever changed your hair color? I'm just curious. And if so, did that change the way people reacted to you? I, I remember changing my hair color. Gosh, when I was um, probably 18 or 19 in a deep auburn, Color. And it scared the crap out of me because it made my my complexion really light and scary. <laughs> so I scared <laughs> myself doing that. And I thought, you know, I didn't think well of myself for doing that. So it didn't last very long. But I think, of course, it's going to change people's perception until, you know, that's just that's just the facade of me. They don't know me. Right. If they're just seeing me for the first time. But um, until they get to know me, do they really understand what that facade actually represents, which is exactly what when we started off the show talking about that, you know, the the visual brand is just a visual icon that represents the meaning of the brand. And so if you don't know what that your logo represents, then you're never going to get that information across and you cannot be consistent in it. And it, so branding is just the process of assigning meaning. That's it. I'm assigning meaning to an entity like a business or I'm assigning meaning to who I am. That's it. So many people in 2021 spend so much time, effort, and energy on their social media brand. Um, And so much of it is disingenuous. Yes. I, I wonder what your thoughts are on social media and how it relates to branding. <laughs> I think social media is a great opportunity to align with your brand in a visual and communicative sort of way. Um, but too many are not doing the work first on themselves to truly understand what they should be aligning to And because of that, they align to what they think the peanut gallery out there wants to see or hear. 
And unfortunately, like you said, disingenuous shows up and we can all see it. All the, the audiences see it. We can, we all have spidey sense. We know when things are authentic, inauthentic. And it's a shame. I think that um, this, there's a younger generation that is growing up, you know, just really focused on what others are thinking of them and changing their core um, to try to fit in and be that chameleon and they're diluting their true sense of self. And it's, it's depressing. It's stressful for them and they cannot sustain it. And I'm just waiting for, well, we know already what's happening out there in terms of social media with mental health. So it's, that's a big component. And I'm really sad about it. I really want to get this program out there to, you know, college students, high school students, and teach them to own, have some ownership around who they are and, and celebrate their differences. I hear you, and I hear the authentic part, but let me play devil's advocate for just a sure. second. There are also people that are, um, how can I say this politely, of, uh, they're of my generation. They're a little more uh, uh, seasoned. <laughs> they, yeah. They've been around for a minute, yeah. and, and they dip their toe into social media and they live the drama online um, and they have, you know, meltdowns online and maybe they, they post mean tweets or, or sometimes they have these ranting and raving videos of themselves online. And those are pretty doggone authentic. They're authentically hacked off about something. But, uh, you know, you look at them then at that point and you think, wow, if I ever see this person on the street, I'm crossing the street and perhaps running in the other direction. So is there a point where you can be too authentic in your social media brand? You know, I, I understand the scenario. And um, this is a it's an interesting question. I would say I would never recommend that anyone be too authentic. Authentic doesn't mean that you need to tell the world about uh, what you're upset about. Authentic doesn't mean that you need to share everything about your personal life. It's really not the definition of authenticity. So when we really check in and find out why you feel like you have to expose this part of you to the public, that's another issue. It's not being authentic. Um, it, it, so, and that's a much, that's probably another podcast, Burke. <laughs> you heard it right here. Suzanne Tuline on today's podcast said, don't expose yourself online. <laughs> so I think that's, I think that is outstanding advice. All right. We're going to do a lightning round and let you go. Suzanne, your favorite James Bond movie. Oh, I just watched Skyfall. Um, so I, I love the, the newer stuff. So I'm just going to say Skyfall. Skyfall. All right. Very good. Uh, you go out uh, for the evening. Do you wear deep purple or black? Um, I actually have both on right now and I'm going out tonight. So <laughs> I would say when I can wear them both, I would wear them both. Um, but evening um, cocktails, those types of things, I would probably choose black over purple, but it's really the periwinkle that I like in terms of purple. I'm a man. I'm going to have to Google periwinkle. Um, <laughs> uh, favorite celebrity in terms of their brand. And you can give me more than one. Who does it well? Oh, gosh. I love Tony Robbins. I just think he's so powerful and so passionate about what he does. Um, 
Richard Branson, he's playful and creative and unique. And I love how he goes about playing his way to success. And he believes that he can do anything. So um, Oprah, too, is another. I'm a big fan of hers. Her level of vulnerability around her spirituality and what she's brought to the table and how she shares what she knows to the masses, I think, is very genuine and authentic. Um, just to name a few, I love Lady Gaga. I got to know her a lot over the years. She's become much more um, vulnerable and out there. And um, her personality is, you know, Lady is just all about being consistently inconsistent in how she shows up and very creative. So there's a few. Yep. We approve of Lady Gaga. Her mom is a West Virginia University Mountaineer cheerleading alum, and I'm a West Virginian oh, wow. at heart, so so we approve of that. Uh, Tony Robbins I like a lot. He's also a large man who could squash me like a bug, <laughs> so I have to say publicly that I like him. Favorite 80s hair band? Oh, I have so many. I grew up in that space. Um, gosh, Bon Jovi probably. Um, okay, there's good. so many. All right, good. Bon Jovi, we'll take that. Uh, and finally, what did you want to be when you grew up? I actually wanted to be Joan Jett. <laughs> well, that's perfect because I wanted to be a Blackheart. So I think we're right there together. That was when I was this is great. in my teens. Before that, I wanted to be a zoo owner. <laughs> uh, a zoo owner. Well, you know, you probably have had to work with, with many primates since right. then. So it all worked out. Suzanne Tulin, thank you for being here to talk about brands. This was a fun discussion. Burke, it really was. I really enjoyed your questions. Thanks so much. Pick up Suzanne's new book, Personal Brand Clarity, at Amazon.com, wherever books are sold, and visit her online at brandascension.com. Get your brand together. Hey, wherever you are, whatever you do, thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can always ask Alexa to play the Big Time Talker podcast with Burke Allen. We love having you here every week. Thank you, Speaker Match, and thank you for listening. Now go out there and make it a great day. Bye, everybody.